Lovely day for tennis, eh? Game set and match. This is Tennis Talk Canada with Jim Taddy on TSN 1050. Well, welcome aboard to Tennis Talk Canada. This will be Super Final or Semi-Final Super Saturday <laughs> as we work it all out. Jim Taddy and Ken Christina with you. Ken, of course, the uh, in-house announcer, if you will, the intro man at the National Bank Open, and, of course, the director of tennis at the Mayfair Clubs across Toronto. Ken, how are you today? I'm doing great, Jim. Thanks. Uh, my voice is a little bit uh, uh, gone in action, missing in action, but uh, we're going we're gonna to power through the last two days of the National Bank Open and uh, we'll do our best to make it right to the finals. Yeah, I, I, I think we're both a little raspy. I mean, obviously, we, we you know, we, we're veterans and we should know the warm-up routine, but I, but I guess we both failed at that. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I've been, uh, I've been going online and trying to find out different remedies for when you start to, uh, to increase the raspiness of your voice. So I've been trying everything from honey to bananas to uh, gargling with warm water. So if anybody has any uh, remedies beyond that that work, by all means, hit me up, DM me on Twitter, and I'm, uh, I'm all for trying something new because uh, yesterday was a tough one. Today should be a little easier as we're down to the semifinals. So fewer matches, but uh, the height of excitement is still there and, and beyond as the, uh, the players remaining are absolutely incredible. So it makes for great uh, action on stadium court for sure. So coming up uh, on our show today, we'll have Mike McIntyre uh, at McIntyre Tennis, uh, and he is the co-host of Matchpoint Canada, the official podcast for Tennis Canada. Raheel Manji will stop by, CEO of Mission Elites, and uh, this is uh, uh, you know a well-involved tennis guy, coach, uh, instructor, and has all facets of the game, and that's going to be an interesting conversation. Before we get going, Racket Guys is Canada's largest selection of tennis gear at the guaranteed lowest price. Shop online at racketguys.ca or visit their Markham Superstore for expert advice and serve a drop shot in your retirement. Let the team at owlmortgage.ca show you how to ace your retirement with expert advice and a copy of Home Run, the reverse mortgage advantage. For your free copy, call Owl Mortgage at 416-633-5363. So uh, let's get into this. I mean, you know, the, the headliner is, and, and, and you know, there's, there's great action today and tomorrow, both in Montreal and Toronto, but the Canadian story uh, just took a, a, I don't want to say a bad turn, but a disappointing turn, I guess is the best way to say it for all, and that includes the players. Yes, absolutely. Unfortunately for our Canadians, sometimes you play on home soil and it energizes you. You play maybe above the level that you're accustomed to because the crowd kind of, you know, gets you going and, and gets behind you. And sometimes you play on home soil and just the fact of playing on home soil and all the things that are around it, you know, a little bit extra media, uh, the crowd cheering a little bit louder for you or maybe not cheering as loud as you may want for you, um, you know, seeing friends and family, sometimes it gets to you. And I think we had a case, more a case of that this year than we've had in the past where our young stars were maybe overwhelmed a little bit by playing again in front of a crowd, in front of a home crowd, and um, we had some disappointing results. I think that they're learning experiences, um, and, and we've seen it happen to players before when they play you know, big matches and big moments. Sometimes they might come out a little bit flat, and I think we saw that certainly from the men in Toronto, outside of Vacek and uh, Braden Schnurr, we saw with Dennis and with um, Felix that they were a little bit flat in their matches. And I think if they could, uh, you know, could, could take one back, it might be their, their second round matches that they played, which was their first match 
at the National Bank Open this, uh, this past uh, week. Um, it's unfortunate, but, um, you know, they, they will, they're young. You know, they're, they're very young players, and they're going to learn from those, uh, those situations and, and, you know, put it in the bank and uh, hopefully do a little bit better next time for sure. Uh, let's talk about Bianca, just because she's at the head of the class. She's won uh, the U.S. Open and the defending champ here, and and so there was a lot of scrutiny. And and I, you know, I, I when I describe uh, what's happening there, I call it the the search for rhythm, uh, both with performance and and everything else in terms of health. Uh, no health rhythm, obviously, and no performance rhythm because of that. And 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 you know, looking for I guess something to to sort of take her forward. And it's it's a relentless search for her, and it is very frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And we see this with players. You know, tennis is really almost like any other sport where you're out on that court, you're all alone, you're on an island. And, you know, when things are going well, it's, it's a great island, it's a great place to be, it's, you know, it's a five-star resort. And when things aren't going well, uh, it, it, you look for a hole to bury yourself in. You look for a hole to kind of hide from things. And, and you, you, there's nowhere to hide, there's nowhere to run. And, you know, we're seeing that a little bit with Bianca when matches are not quite going her way when when things start going wrong it's a real challenge for her to find the confidence and to find that as you mentioned the rhythm to get back into the match and you know your mind starts playing tricks on you is you know is the forehand gonna fail me on a big point is the serve gonna gonna not get in or am I gonna double fault on on key points you know am I uh, are my legs starting to feel heavy because I'm tired or are my legs starting to feel heavy because I'm nervous and yeah, it, it was a challenge for her. It didn't help, Jim, that the crowd in Montreal, usually so boisterous and so pro-Canadian, was in the match that she lost in that third round, was um, was really cheering. There was a lot of fans there cheering for her opponent, uh, the Tunisian, and uh, and that becomes a bit of a challenge because now you start thinking, hey, this is my crowd, this is my this is my country, this is one of my home cities because she played a lot of tennis in Montreal at the training center. And she just didn't have as much crowd support as I think maybe she really wanted. And, you know, that plays on, on it as well. So it's, there, there's so many challenges for tennis players. And unfortunately, in Bianca's match, um, it, it proved to be too much, in, in my opinion, in the end. Okay, let's hear uh, Bianca as, as she exited the National Bank Open. And, and I think you'll, you'll feel her frustration in how she spoke after her losing match. Kind of sucks that I have to do these press conferences after a loss like that because I'm just in the worst mood ever, and I honestly don't want to talk to anybody or <laughs> answer these questions. No offense to anyone, and like I'm trying to stay positive here right now. I know tomorrow's another day. I'll be fine, hopefully. <laughs> but right now, like I'm, I'm so pissed. I could cry a river. First, I have to realize it's just a game of tennis. I'm only 21. Yeah, I won this tournament before. I I know I could have won this tournament again, but sometimes it happens and you basically have to move on. That's life. Um, like, I'm healthy. Yeah, this whole toll situation is whatever, but at least, like, I didn't sprain an ankle or anything like that. And I just, I just want to look at the positive. It's really hard now because haven't been playing much this year haven't been winning as much as i wanted to this year and there's just so many things that are happening um that's super sad but i know that i'm gonna bounce back i'm sick and tired of retiring yeah for sure i could have but i did not want to tonight 
Uh, it's super bruised. Um, it hurt on a lot of shots. I try not to show it, but she also took advantage of that. And she was just playing lights out in the third set. Didn't give me anything to really feed off of. And yeah, I hope my toes are going to be good for my next tournaments. And then I know in 2019, I was out because of injuries too. And, you know, I'd come back and like without any matches and I do well, but I think this is a whole other ball game. Um, Cause I feel like there were way, way more stop and goes, but you know, I honestly, like, I just have to move on. Thank God there's another tournament next week. You know, we have so many tournaments that uh, we can play and just bounce back in. That's the beauty of tennis, and that's the goal now. Hopefully everything will be good with my toes, and I can play since I mean, you, you really, Kenny, you really hear her frustration there, and, and then you, you can appreciate uh, how difficult it is to battle through physical pain and physical injury. Absolutely. You know, I will say one thing. We often talk about press conferences and what athletes say, and they don't really say very much. But, wow, she really spoke her mind. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm proud of her for that because she didn't hold back. And you can almost see through the press conference that she kind of talks her way through the disappointment of the match. And then you can hear it in the tone of her voice how she's already starting to look forward to Cincy. She's already starting to look forward to what's down the road. And, you know, as bad as pref press conferences are for people that lose matches and lose games in hockey, etc., you could hear that this one was almost a form of her be beginning to heal. So, so that might be a, a bit of a positive because she really did speak her mind and get it and get everything out there. Um, but yes, it's it, it was a tough loss. She really struggled, I think, with with the what how the crowd was, um, and and then hurting her toe, um, you know, with a, with a slight sprain of the toe or a stub of the toe, it never feels good. Um, but she's right, you know, uh, her opponent played lights out in the third set and didn't give her anything. Um, you know, there's a couple things she could have done a little bit better. Um, I mean, she was she was three of six on break points in the match. So she's got to capitalize a little bit more than that. Um, you know, she was able to save five break points, but uh, Jabir uh, was successful on six of 11 break points. So, you know, there are some things that she, she could have done a little bit better. But at the end of the day, she, you know, she, she had an opportunity to win the match and she had that opportunity to win the match in two sets and it didn't happen. But, um, you know, when she played two years ago and she beat Serena Williams in New York the crowd was not for her and she had confidence then to overcome it at this point right now and how her game is going she doesn't have that same level of confidence so when the crowd is the way it was she didn't have the you know that confidence and that and that gumption for lack of a better word to kind of pull her through so hopefully she can get her game back to that level and her and her emotions back to that level in time for uh for Cincy and or the U.S. Open coming up. 
Well, plenty of ground uh, to cover as uh, it is semifinal Saturday on Tennis Talk Canada. Up next, Raheel Manji, CEO of Mission Elite. If you are over 55, you can access the wealth that is built up in your home with a reverse mortgage. Let owlmortgage.ca show you how with a free copy of Home Run, the reverse mortgage advantage. Call Owl Mortgage today for a free copy at 416-633-5363. This is Tennis Talk Canada, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca. Also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. Welcome back. This segment is brought to you by Skoglet Homes. Considering selling your home in the GTA, do not just rely on a strong market. Call Eric Skoglet and maximize your sale price with the Skoglet Homes comprehensive listing plan with luxurious staging, eye-catching video marketing, drone photography, and a large database of qualified buyers looking for homes just like yours. Call 647-300-7019. Speak to Eric directly or check out skoglethomes.com and make the right decision around your largest investment. Uh, just waiting on the hookup for our first guest. Jesper Hill Manji, uh, CEO of Mission Elite. But in the meantime, Kenny, you're, you're back in the saddle there and uh, haven't been there for two years. What does that feel like? Oh, it's unbelievable, to be honest. I, I'm actually shocked at how many tennis fans missed tennis. And I, I guess, you know, I was able to watch it on television and, 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 and kind of get my fill of it at the Mayfair clubs of people playing. But the fans have come out in droves. Um, we've been sold out to the limits that the government has allowed us um, for most of the um, uh, for most of the uh, events, the most of the sessions. So it's it's been really incredible, and I I've admired uh, the job that Tennis Canada has done to kind of um, you know put on the the event, you know, with all the COVID protocols and everything else. Um, but it, it, it's truly been incredible. And, and I'm telling you, Jim, I know we've had upsets. I know we lost some players. I know fans thought, oh, why didn't this guy come or that guy come? But the tennis, the level of tennis that has been happening on these courts has been really extraordinary. I, I'm totally impressed with how the ATP players are playing. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, you could have your prescribed, um, I guess, uh, menu of how it's supposed to go, but, but the, you know, reality takes over and, you know, I, I'd be surprised if it wasn't good. I mean, this, this, I mean, these, these are the best players in the world. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know why that would be an issue, but, but, you know, you, you are, the, the thing sort of forms in front of you and you just have to buy in. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we, we, we've watched some guys that have uh, here in Toronto that have come out of, you know, I want to say almost out of nowhere to play great tennis again in that John Isner's in the semifinals tonight playing against Daniel Medvedev. You know, Isner's currently ranked, you know, outside the top 20 in the world. But that big serve of his is hot right now this week. He's hitting the ground strokes as well as he's ever hit. He's mixing up a little bit of serve and volley. And, um, you know, is he a surprise to be in the semifinals? Yes. Um, but he's a name that people know, and he, he deserves to be there. I, I don't think it would matter who was in the tournament. He's, he's serving so well and playing so well, he, he, he'd be in the semifinals no matter what. Um, there was a great match last night between, um, between Big John Isner and uh, Guillaume Monfils from, um, from France. Monfils, always the entertainer, was entertaining last night. He got into it a little bit with, um, with Isner. He got into a little bit with the, with the tournament uh, referees. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, he lost the match, a uh, close match, 7-6, 6-4. But he was entertaining. Uh, the crowd loved it. And uh, yeah, there's nothing like watching one of the best athletes in the world um, entertain you on a tennis court. It was pretty, uh, pretty amazing to see. 
So having a bit of an issue with uh, hooking up with our first guest, so we'll, we'll just uh, we'll we'll just talk about this. Um, uh, in terms of uh, people navigating around, how has that gone? Um, it's been fine, uh, to be honest. The very very first day, I went down uh, of one flight of stairs from my booth, and I took a step kind of towards the washroom, and a security guard just about tackled me and said, "Oh, you can't go there. That's a fan zone. You're not in the fan zone." Uh, you're you're in the in the TV zone. So there's different zones that you can and can't go to. Um, but the security guards have been unbelievable um, as far as allowing you, you know, making sure you know where you can and can't go. I think for the fans, um, the the diehard fans are are loving it. The the kind of casual fan, if they've missed a little bit, they've missed out on the social aspect of going to the booths and the different places to eat around the grounds. Um, but Tennis Canada has more than made up for that by having in-seat service, by having you know online auction, uh, by having an online 50-50 draw. They've they've they've, in, they've enhanced the experience even though you can't leave your seat. So um, th there's still a lot of pluses, um, but it is certainly a different um, atmosphere. The good news is, is the ATP said we're the best tournament they've been at that's had player bubbles. So. I'm sure Tennis Canada, that's a feather in their hat. And for Toronto Public Health, I'm sure they've been happy with what, what they've seen when they've been up here looking around as well. Okay, let's bring in Raheel Managing, CEO yeah. of, of Mission Elite. Raheel, welcome to the broadcast. Sorry for the technical issues, but welcome. How are you? No problem at all. I'm doing well. How are you guys today? Uh, we're doing well, Good. Raheel. Say hi to Ken. Yeah. Ken, how you doing? It's been a while. It has been a while. I think the last time I saw you, you beat me about 6-1, six, 6-1 one, six, one in a men's doubles no league match. No chance. I missed you, though. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit. I know, I know you're, co you're coaching Braden Schnur right now and some other players, but uh, specifically Braden, I know you coached him up here at the National Bank Open. And can you tell us about his, you know, how he did here and, and his kind of travels through the qualifying into the main draw? Absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, through the company, we started overlooking him, I believe, uh, last August. And then leading up to this week, you know, there were a lot of things, especially, uh, you know, that we were working on in his game. And I think leading up to this week, we actually made some really big strides in just trying to find his composure and his range in terms of, you know, where he can really let the ball go. So we actually made some really big strides with him uh, in, in leading up to the practice sessions. Uh, and it kind of translated really well into the opening of the tournament. You know, he, he ran through um, the qualifying, and he was just playing with a lot of confidence and, and, and stride to his game. So um, it's kind of exciting to see now um, the difference he's made and then r riding with some confidence in his play and in his mentality, um, what he'll do uh, at U.S. Open um, when we head over there soon. Raheel, I mean, there's no... There, there's no real surprise of what happens when, uh, and then there's an echo on this, so we'll have to clean that up. Um, so what happens is you've got a, a performer who is playing well and everything's okay, and, and then when you have somebody who is struggling, it doesn't look so, so good. So what you have to do is, is sort of do technical adjustments and build on the confidence. How do you do that? Yeah, well, you know, first of all, I think it's just perspective. Um, I, we go through a lot of match film, and we try to find, you know, with him specifically, we try to find um, some, of those, some of the things in his tennis game um, where, I mean, it's pretty clear areas. I mean, he studied the game, and we've all studied the game for so long that we can we, we tackle first decision-making. It's not too technical um, in the, with any of our pros right now. They've pretty much developed 
you know, the, a, a pretty strong technical aspect to get to this point. So it usually comes down to decision making, um, but then also competitive mentality. So first, you, 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 we tackle that, make sure all the decisions tactically are being uh, basically brought on properly, um, and then we look at you know the competitive mentality, which is really you know most of these guys have a pretty strong fire, but. You know, are, are they focusing too much on the outcome, and, and is that limiting their performance and or their execution actually as a whole? Because you know they all have the skills, all have the game at this level, but it's really you know who executes the best, and sometimes it's that mentality and the competitive um, understanding of how to approach each match that can get in the way of the execution. So it's usually uh, between tackling the decision making, so the tactical making, and then the competitive mentality. Raheel, I know you played on tour for a while and, and went the NCAA route. We had Vashik Pospisil on the show last week, and he, he talked a little bit about um, the Professional Tennis Players Association. And I know a player like Braden's been flirting around the, the 100 ranking in between the mm -hmm. 100 and 200 range. Can, can the tour be fixed so that more guys are making money both on the men's side and the women's side? Do you think that's possible? Absolutely. I think... First off, um, you know, would be great would be to, to, to really educate the players uh, strongly on the business side so that they can maximize their brand value, their profits, um, and, and they can make this game more sustainable to allow some of the players that don't break through so fast to have the longevity within the sport. So I think it, it you know, if there becomes a system in place to really educate these players on how to manage themselves as, you know, high-profile uh, you know, influencers within the sport, that, that's a great start. But then, of course, with the distribution of, of profit and revenue between in, in the tennis industry as a whole, um, it would have to take, you know, it would, it would require a little bit of give from the top, not, not necessarily even the players, but maybe even the organization um, to really kind of allow for new initiatives within the sport to take place. There's a lot of money that goes into tennis in the in, even in the betting industry and whatnot, and so how how you can maximize it to really raise the the value of the sport as a whole, um, and then to maybe you know let a little bit of uh, ties loose and, and, and let the players in on that. So the PTPA is is honestly you know when 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 an art when when players or you know come together and, and want to make a change, it's something to really look at because perhaps not all parties are. In a in a happy happy win win situation, and ultimately, I think for the overall growth of sports, not only I think the players need to find a win win situation, and the management to, or the tour needs to find a win win situation. And if one's happy and one's not fully, you know, happy, it's it's not a great situation yet. But you work to that point, and so that's what hopefully we look for uh, in the longevity of the sport. Because it's no question if you compare baseball. Or hockey players who's 600, 700 in the world, and then you compare what the 700 player in the world in tennis is making. Well, he's probably not making. He's probably losing, right? So definitely some improvements that could be found there, don't you think? Absolutely, I agree with you. You know, I'm a huge Braden Schnur fan. He, he grew up in Pickering, and I was a Scarborough, Oshawa, Whitby boy. Of course. Um, what's a guy? What's the difference between a player like him heading to the U.S. Open and a player you know that might be top? 20 or 30 or in the world what what are some differences and you know like is Braden yeah. you know he's obviously he's going to the qualifying is he 
does he have a backup plan for a tournament after that? What 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 happens for players in his ranking uh, area? Well, the difference, first of all, really is that he's got the tools and he's got the skills and. You know, he's won a lot of the big matches. It really is the consistency of the execution. And when I, when I say execution, not just in the game itself, but in, 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 in even the, you know, in the mentality aspect. So it's, I think it's the consistency of the strong decisions, the consistency of the showing up um, fully, you know, in, in terms of tactically. It's, it's that consistency of executing your plays point after point after point after point at the point with no hiccups and no kind of blocks of uh, mistakes. So, you know, that, that obviously comes in a consistent, consistency of uh, overall mentality within that, that you don't focus on the, out, on the, on the, on the uncontrollable uh, goals, that you're really focusing on playing each and every point here and now at its best, highest quality. And that takes a certain level of focus. Um, and that takes a certain level of discipline in just the decision-making. So we're trying to build and build and build upon that to get him to not only be as consistent in, in, in his, you know, perspective on the court mentally and in his tactics, but actually to be uh, more consistent in the top 20 guys. Because, you know, it's like when I was at Indiana and we were playing some teams, you know, we're, we're one of the top teams, but we were playing, you know, some teams that were ranked ahead of us. We realized that, you know, if we do just the same as them, uh, you know, they're going to do the same, and they're already they already have a head start right now. So if we do just the same; they'll always be in front of us. So the goal is to actually make great and to, to pass that to do to be better and stronger than them, and, and, and outsmart and outwork them, uh, and, and outcompete them every single day, so that we can actually pass them um, to give us some margin of error to reach his, uh, you know, I would say his performance goals. I love that. That's for any of our uh, listeners, the parents or young kids that might be listening in. That's very important. So we, we've talked a little bit about Braden Schnur. Tell us a little bit about uh, Mission Elite, your company, and, and if there's some other players, Canadian or otherwise, kind of that we should kind of keep on our radar that might be some up-and-comers. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I mean, I started Mission Elite, I founded Mission Elite, you know, after I left the NCAA scene. Um, and what it basically consists of is, you know, we have an elite team, which probably gets the most attention within the company, but really we have a lot of support services. And so what the, what the idea behind the company is, is to really complete the performance aspect of an athlete um, and to really look at it as a whole. It's not just tennis. It's tennis IQ. It's competitive mentality. It's, it's, the, whole, it's the lifestyle. So the company is really in place with the elite team. What I would do is I overlook the elite team as a whole, along with some of my staff. Um, some of the players within that elite team that probably are notable names is obviously Braden Schnur, but Miriam Bjorklund, who's actually, she just won her semifinals right now in Belgium. Um, you know, Alex Donsky, uh, Jada Bowie, who was on the Pan American Olympic team. So we, there's, a, there's 27 players currently in the elite team, but then we have a perspective team, um, which basically is open to ed everyone and all that aspire to reach the elite team. That would be the performance sector within that. Then we have educational courses that fit into the virtual camp where we teach tennis IQ, competitive mentality, and lifestyle within that. Um, and and we, we, push, we push that in kind of like a virtual camp setting, which is a structured, um, almost educational course-like um, approach. Um, we have our recruiting company, which we've been building over the past six months to help 
guide players a little bit better, uh, especially in Canada, to reach that NCAA route to, to optimize their their ideal school for them. Um, we have an apparel side to it, which we have our chief branding officer, Matt, Matt Shaw, working on some miniature projects there. Um, but then finally, um, one thing that's really important us to keep our values kind of in the front of our actions is our foundation. So the past eight months, we've been working uh, on basically using our platform and our resources to raise some money for Sick Kids Foundation. We're just wrapping that up next week. We'll go on the show um, there for their, for them and try to make an impact within that. So from the, from the overall company, it's, it's about trying to fill in the gaps that we can find within the performance or tennis industry right now. Um, and that's what we've been chipping away uh, hard at right now. We've got a good, good, committed, dedicated staff with good values that are really helping me build this right now. So I'm really proud and happy to be alongside them. Raheel, thanks very much. Really appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. All the best. Ken, great catching up. Yes, for sure. Thanks for joining us. All right. Take it easy, guys. Raheel Manjeet, CEO of Mission Elite. Uh, and we'll continue on with uh, Mike McIntyre next. Looking to purchase a home in this busy GTA market? Do not get overwhelmed. Let Eric at Scoglet Homes guide you through the process. Eric's comprehensive buyer's plan takes the stress out of purchasing with great services, including virtual showings, access to exclusive listings from the top brokerages in the city, and a complimentary design consult once you have found your dream home. Buyer's representation is very important in a hot market, so call Eric directly at 647-300-7019 or check out scoglethomes.com to get started. And if you're 55 and retirement planning is on your horizon, you should read Home Run, The Reverse Mortgage Advantage. It gives you the advice you need to make sound decisions about your future. Call Owl Mortgage to get your free copy today at 416-633-5363. This is Tennis Talk Canada, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca. Also available in the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. Welcome back. This segment of Tennis Talk Canada is sponsored by the Fox Group at IG Private Wealth Management. It's important to get your financial planning in order. I feel comfortable and confident recommending Don Fox and his team to you. The Fox Group provides a written plan specifically tailored for you, reflecting your goals and aspirations. It's reviewed regularly and adjusted or updated when needed. The planning process begins with you in mind, the Fox Group, inspiring clients to achieve true wealth. You can contact the Fox Group on their website, donfox.net, or follow on Twitter at foxgrouppw. U-M. Jim Taddy, Ken Christina with you. Please have with us Mike McIntyre now, uh, host of Matchpoint Canada, the official podcast of Tennis Canada. Mike, how are you today, sir? Hey, guys, I'm doing great. I've almost made it through a, a crazy week of action, live tennis back here, late nights, early mornings, but I'm loving every moment of it. Okay, so this is semifinal Saturday, and uh, clearly in Montreal and Toronto, different time frames, of course. And just an overview, I'll throw this at the both of you, uh, maybe starting with Mike. Uh, in Montreal, we've got two uh, unseated players battling in one semifinal and one against four in the other. Yeah, it's an interesting contrast between the two. In the top half of the draw, you've got number one seed, Arena Sabalenka, who absolutely crushes the ball. She is just a powerhouse out there and proving that she's really deserving of that number one seed uh, in the absence of Ashley Barty and Naomi Osaka. And she's going up against a woman who's dubbed the ace queen because she hits a lot of bombs on her serve. That's the number four seed, Karolina Pliskova. So those are two big hitters in the top half. And then the other one or two that are more surprising, you've got Camila Giorgi, an Italian, who uh, she just goes for every ball relentlessly. She's only got a plan A, and when that doesn't work, she still sticks with plan A, which is just a hit that ball with everything she's got. She defeated 
young American Coco Goff uh, last night. And then uh, Jessica Pagula, whose parents, I believe, own the Buffalo Sabres, she's battled through uh, several three-set matches in Montreal to emerge to the semis as well. So kind of nice to see a couple of surprises in there and, and taking advantage of the opportunity. Yeah, I, I, I like your thoughts there, uh, Mike. Who, who do you think's going to come through those matches? Like if on paper... I, I, I think it's one way, but but who do you think is going to come through on the women's side? And, and I must say, I love the way you, you mentioned that she's got a plan A. When that doesn't feel uh, work, she goes to plan A again, because you're 100% correct in that assessment for sure. That's like me and my tennis interviews. I got one plan, and if that doesn't work, I'm kind of out of luck. But uh, <laughs> That's a little different, I guess. Uh, if, I mean, if you ask me who I think is going to come through, Sabalenka has just been looking so good, not just in this tournament, but really this year she made her first grand slam semi-final at wimbledon after years of people kind of wondering when she was going to have somewhat of a breakthrough at a major so i think she's poised to really assert herself near the top of the women's game now and then in the other one it's, it's almost a coin toss uh pagula's been through more grinding matches so how much energy does she have left in the tank and georgie again she can come out and hit winner after winner or it can be a match where you wonder how she's even in, in the top 100 so which camila georgie will we see that one's more of a toss-up. I don't know if I could pick, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, and the Pagula family really likes to trumpet the fact they own the Bills. They don't mention the Sabres much, although it's the same ownership. But uh, there's just, I think we can understand why. Uh, when we get to the men's, uh, that, that's all set uh, uh, for the Aviva Center. Uh, three against unseated, one against unseated. So uh, th that's interesting, too, isn't it? Yeah, those semifinals in Toronto uh, are much more similar to one another than the ones in Montreal in the sense that you've got in each one a top-seeded player, Daniil Medvedev in one, Stefano Tsitsipas in the other. I mean, those are the guys when we talk about what tennis going to look like on the ATP after the big three retire, it's going to be those two guys and a few others that are going to have to carry the torch and, and pick things up there and move forward. They're both up against big-serving American men who are nearly seven feet tall, both John Isner, who faces Medvedev, and Riley Opelka, who faces Tsitsipas, are about 6'10", 6'11", and they both got monster serves. If you're watching those matches live, make sure you're paying attention if you're at the other side of the court because you don't want to take one of those off the noggin. Yeah, absolutely. I think Opelka, when he won his uh, quarterfinal match, and they write on the cameras, he wrote, serve bot on the <laughs> camera because he has been serving bombs, and you're right. I think here at this uh, at the uh, Viva Center, you, it's hard to get hit in the front row. But I know at some Davis Cup matches I've been to in the past, you can really get clocked. You know, if it, if 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 the upsets happen and the two big servers win, um, watching an Opelka Isner final will be unbelievable because not only are they big servers, but Certainly, you know, Apelk is 24 years old. He's a little bit more new to the circuit. I haven't seen him play as much. He's kind of struggled this year. But Isner is hitting the ball as well as I've ever seen him hit um, from the baseline. I mean, he's out rallying guys from the baseline when he gets into, into rally mode, which is something we haven't seen from Big John in my, uh, in my uh, memory anyway. What do, what do you think of that, Mike? Yeah, I was really surprised last night. I was there live to watch him against Gael Monfils, the Frenchman, and uh, I didn't expect there were going to be too many rallies, and I didn't expect that much variety from Isner, but he surprised me because he was coming to the net quite a bit. He was throwing in some spin and even some drop shot attempts. I'm like, who is this guy? But maybe at the age of 36, he's trying to throw a few extra things in there, and it obviously worked for him last night. 
as he defeated Mofis and what turned out to be a, you know more entertaining than what I expected. Uh, he's only got so many years left making the most of this great run in Toronto. And look, if we do end up with the two big servers against each other, the, the points will be shorter, that's for sure. But it'll be two deserving guys. You don't make a final of a Masters 1000 by accident. Absolutely. Now, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Rebecca Marino. We haven't spoke about her uh, to this point in the show. I know you've been covering both Toronto and Montreal. Um, you know, couldn't happen to a nicer player. I know that you've spent some time uh, speaking to her, interviewing her over, over the years. Um, look, she, she's, she's had a great run down there. Can you tell our, our listeners that maybe haven't watched any of the Montreal tournament a little bit about how Rebecca has done? Yeah, I mean, first of all, Rebecca Marino always takes the time, even if it's after a loss. She's always been there for us on the podcast on Matchpoint Canada to uh, to be open about what's happened. And she's kind of, you know, in her second career uh, after coming back from a uh, five-year absence from the game. Really great story how she's uh, persevered and been so outspoken about mental health, you know, not just on that one day of year where it's uh, Bell Let's Talk, which is great, by the way, but this is something that should be in our conversation all the time for athletes, non-athletes, and certainly for kids growing up to hear that it's okay to talk about your feelings. It's okay to, to not be feeling all right and to ask for help and to know that there's people there to help out. So first and foremost, aside from the tennis, what a great role model she is. Um, and then to have this resurgence at the age of 30, first time she's ever made the third round of her uh, home tournament here in Canada, and she beat some big-time players, Madison Keys. Um, and uh, Badosa, the Spaniard as well, who's been so good in top 30 this summer. So really a confidence booster for her, making her feel like she can compete with the top women in the game, making her realize that although she was ranked 229th coming in, she's definitely a top 100 player who just needs a few more opportunities to get that ranking up there. And regardless of how the tennis went this week, she's, uh, she's always a winner in my eyes. So switching gears a little bit, Mike, I know that y you love the sport of tennis, um, bringing you back to Toronto. Um, how have you found it as a fan coming up to the Aviva Centre and the National Bank Open? As a fan, have you, have you, obviously you've seen the differences, but do you think that the fans and you as a fan are still, uh, are still getting enough out of the tournament this year? Absolutely, and I'm, I'm not going to lie, I was wondering at the beginning, how is this going to be? Because you're restricted to being on centre court, you're, you're missing out on some of the other fun promotions and interactions that would normally be happening but once you're in your seat there on center court, it just, there's nothing better than, than this. And I've been covering the game throughout the pandemic, virtually at the Aussie Open, at Wimbledon, various tournaments. And nothing is the same as being there live to feel it, to hear it. I mean, when I get out of my car, I can hear your booming voice from the parking lot, Ken. And that's, <laughs> that's when I know it's, it's game time, right? That's when I know it's coming up. And I should say, take it easy here, Ken. you got to rest that voice for this afternoon and this evening. So I hope Jim does most of the talking uh, after my interview. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's been fantastic. And I brought my son to one of the, uh, the, the sessions, which was really just a special moment for, for me to enjoy with him. It's been so long, he doesn't even remember going to a pro sports game because of the pandemic. He's only seven years old. So these are special moments. I'm taking it. I'm not taking it for granted. And, uh, hey, look, hopefully 12 months from now, we're enjoying the full experience. But for right now, this is uh, doing just fine in my mind. Mike, I hear you do a pretty good Ken impersonation. You may be called into service later today or tomorrow. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a great day. 
All right, you too. That's Mike McIntyre at McIntyre Tennis is a Twitter account, and of course the host of uh, Match Point Canada, uh, the official podcast of Tennis Canada. This segment of Tennis Canada, t- Tennis Talk Canada. Whoa, guy! This segment of Tennis Talk Canada is sponsored by the Fox Group at IG Private Wealth Management. It's important to get your financial planning in order. I feel comfortable and confident recommending Don Fox and his team to you. The Fox Group provides a written plan specifically tailored for you, reflecting your goals and aspirations. It's reviewed regularly and adjusted or updated when needed. The planning process begins with you in mind, the Fox Group, inspiring clients to achieve true wealth. You can contact the Fox Group on their website, donfox.net, or follow on Twitter, Fox Group, PWM. This is Tennis Talk Canada, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. Welcome back. Did you know that a reverse mortgage can help fund your retirement? Hmm. Owl Mortgage can help homeowners over 55 find out how their home can work for them. Call Owl Mortgage for advice and a free copy of Home Run, the reverse mortgage advantage. Call this number, 416-633-5363. Jim Taddy, Ken Christina with you. Final segment of Tennis Talk Canada for another Saturday. Semi-final Saturday uh, going on in Toronto and Montreal. So, Ken, can you map out a scenario where tomorrow in Toronto it's not one against three? Uh, yeah, actually, either one of the big servers that are playing our first seed and our third seed today could win, and it could be the, the two unseeded players that will come through. You know, the, the, the glory of the tournament, you know, they always want to see, you know, fans want to see one versus two, one versus three, two versus three, that type of thing in the finals. But as, as Mike said, if, the, if Opelka and Isner win these matches, It'll be a bit surprising, yes, but they're deserving of winning it because they're both playing lights-out tennis. The courts are a little bit quicker um, this year, in my opinion, than they were two years ago. Um, and, and, you know, they're, they're both playing really at, at the peak of their game. And they're likable guys. You know, their interviews post-match have been really great. Um, they're, they're spending time answering the questions. They're, they're engaging the crowd. Um, Isner played a match last night with Mulfis where Mulfis had a few issues with the tournament uh, referee and the, and the tournament umpire and he kind of started um, doing some things maybe that are outside of the norm in tennis, kind of dancing around as Isner was serving and at the end of the match Isner said, that's Mulfis, he's a friend of mine, he's an entertainer and he made it fun and you know, they're, all four players have been great and all four players have been very respectful of of the bubble that's happening in Toronto and, and um, the measures that Tennis Canada and, and the City of Toronto and Public Health have taken to host the event. So I'd be happy with anybody winning. Uh, the good news for me is I can pronounce all four names, so it doesn't really matter who wins the <laughs> tournament for me. I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm happy. We had, uh, the other night we had, uh, I have to try and think of it, it's Bassi Lashvili, Bassi Lashvili from Georgia playing. And uh, he's a tough one to say quick under pressure. So um, although I like him, it wasn't the end of the world for me when he lost because it just makes the pronunciation for me a little bit easier moving forward. (laughs) Uh, Which brings me to the new game on Tennis Talk Canada. Names Ken Christina has mangled. <laughs> oh, there's been a lot of them over the years. You know, I, 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 I realized that people really paid attention when I was walking on uh, the concourse, the main concourse, level 100, and uh, fans started to stop me. You know, they might be a Hungarian fan telling me how I mispronounced a Hungarian name or, or uh, you know, a Serbian uh, fan telling me how I mispronounced a Serbian name. And uh, if, uh, names are tricky. Now, the good news is, is that the ATP and the WTA website now have the players most of the time pronouncing their names. So you can kind of look it up. Doesn't mean you're going to get it right. 
but at least it gives you a shot at a chance at getting it right. But there's some serious, some tricky names out there on the ATP and WTA tours. So got about 40 seconds left. Uh, how would you sum up the week so far? It's been outstanding. It really has. As Mike said, you know, Tennis Canada's done a heck of a job putting it together. Having a live sporting event again has been phenomenal. The social distancing has been pretty darn good throughout the event. And uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to pick some players. I'm going to actually say it's going to be one versus three in the finals. And I know a lot of people are going to pick uh, Pass to win, but I'm picking Medvedev. He's a bit of a character and uh, I love the, his chances in, uh, in this final four. Ken, enjoy your day to, uh, today, and of course, enjoy the finals tomorrow. We'll talk next week. I can't wait. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, Guy is next.